Welcome to the Immigrant Finance Podcast, a show dedicated to everything money, online business, and immigration, because immigrant families deserve to build generational wealth too. I'm your host, Adina, social entrepreneur, immigration attorney, and financial educator and coach for immigrant families. I created the Immigrant Finance Platform with my husband, Mauricio, who immigrated to the U.S. eight years ago after we struggled through the whole process of trying to figure out finances as an immigrant family alone. We wanted to share what we learned about building wealth with others along the way and created the Immigrant Finance School Group Coaching Program where we teach immigrants and their families like you how to manage their money, get started investing, and build online businesses in just weeks, all with group accountability and support. Our clients have been able to get started investing and develop lifelong plans to build generational wealth regardless of their immigration status actually launched an online business they've been dreaming of starting for years, bring in enough income to leave a job with a shitty boss, and book up their calendar for the rest of the month just after announcing their new coaching business. I'm coming to you with a new show several times a week with stories about online business lessons, money and mindset insights, and guest interviews to help you become financially empowered. Each episode will switch between personal finance and online business topics. Now let's get to this week's episode. Hi everyone, this is Adina here from Immigrant Finance and we have a guest today who's going to tell us all about taxes for immigrants, which is such a big topic, especially around this time of year. So uh, welcome Sonia Castellan of Castellan Tax Services. Thank you for being here to speak with us. Thank you so much, Adina, for having me here. I'm really excited and I can't wait to share my story and hopefully to provide some insights on taxes as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So generous of you to share your expertise with our community on this really important topic that I feel like a lot of people don't realize how important taxes are until you start like scratching the surface with personal finance. And then you're like, oh, wait, there's all these ways you can keep more of your money if you understand how the tax system works, right? Um, So we'll be diving in more, but let's start off um, with a question we always like to ask our guests about just to hear a little bit about your connection to immigration issues, whether it's personal or family or, or the community you work with. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yes. So my parents are actually Mexican immigrants, and they were born and raised in Puebla, Mexico, until their teens. Um, they actually both moved to California, where they actually met. And they oh. then relocated to Brooklyn, New York, where they had me and my sister. So. I'm not gonna lie, I don't have much memories of my times in Brooklyn. Um, Probably one of the few things I remember is living in a basement (laughs) in the Mm. projects and taking the subway with my mom. So um, yeah, so thereafter they decided they wanted to move to Connecticut um, to seek job opportunities. And that's where my dad ended up as a cook and my mom worked as a factory worker. Um, and, you know, in Connecticut, they actually had two more daughters. So I am the oldest of the three. So it's all females. So <laughs> the house was wow. definitely crowded with females, my poor dad. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, your poor dad. <laughs> wow. But yes, 
And, you know, obviously with a big household that, you know, requires them to keep up with the housing expenses. So my parents definitely worked a lot of hours and, Mm -hmm. you know, and unfortunately they just couldn't afford daycare. So they (laughs) put me in charge of basically babysitting my three siblings at the age of 11. And, and I'm not going to lie. I really had no choice because, you know, to be taking on this adult responsibility because my parents really needed to rack up the hours so that they can earn enough money. So they, you know, are able to continue to pay the necessities such as like housing, food and clothing so that we can all Mm -hmm. live comfortably. Yeah. Well, okay. So you really understand from personal experience what a lot of people in our community have gone through and are going through. Um, having immigrant parents yourself. So thank you so much for sharing that. And how did that kind of like get you started uh, in this interest with finance and taxes? You know, I I imagine having that much responsibility from a young age had something to do with it. Oh, yes. So my parents definitely did not teach any of my siblings or I on personal finance. Like, I mean, probably the only thing that at least from my mom, she just taught me just how to count cash and write a check. And that was it. Like they really, there was no real discussion on finances or, you know, saving up for retirement, saving up for an emergency fund. Um, And it's, you know, so it was about like three years ago is when I began my debt-free journey. And that all started Mm -hmm. after I started to live on my own and you know, I left my, you know, I left my parents. I decided that I wanted to just, you know, have my own place. And at that time too, I was already working for corporate America now for four years. So I was like ready to just move on to the next phase of my life. And, you know, obviously during that time I was still in my like mid twenties and, you know, I was really excited about having my own place. I had, you know, this corporate job and well, I still wanted to keep up with the party life with my friends. And so I literally went out to dinners, bar hop with them, even traveling. And mm-hmm. obviously to keep up with that, I was swiping my credit card left and right. right. And then eventually when I started looking at my checking account, no lie, it was literally little to nothing every month mm-hmm. because most of my money was going towards credit card payments. And I had a really, really sad reality check. Um, and that was, was because I couldn't keep up with my rent payment. And mm-hmm. I knew that I needed to come up with a plan to get out of this situation because it was hurting me emotionally and mentally, even at one point physically, it was making me depressed. And so yeah. I knew I had to do something. So I figured, well, let me just start budgeting. So <laughs> I went on YouTube, I went on Instagram, and I just started searching budgeting and personal finance. And along the way, I came across an opportunity to become a tax professional. Now, so I already have a background in data analytics at my corporate job and mm-hmm. feeling very comfortable working with large data. I was very drawn to the industry because of my experience working with large number and I felt like, you know, I really am passionate about helping other people, especially mm-hmm. because I didn't want people to be in the same situation that I was in, where yeah. I was literally spending recklessly because I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't. So I 
really figure, well, I'm going to combine these two and see where it goes. And mm -hmm. so after I got my license, I started doing taxes for my friends and family. I was doing their returns. And then eventually they started to spread the word to their friends and family. Mm -hmm. And I started building up a clientele base. And that's amazing. It really was an exciting opportunity. I didn't know that starting something so small was going to turn something big. <laughs> and yeah. so a so lot yeah. of people need help with taxes and, you know, especially with the audience you're, you're catering to. I don't know if you want to say more about that, but I know a lot of people in our community, like don't have folks they relate to who've been through those same experiences that can guide them. So it's, it's so incredible. There's this opportunity to be able to talk about taxes with someone like you instead of like, you know, some old guy who's been super wealthy for decades and decades and can't relate at all. Yes. And when I was having these one-on-one -on -one sessions with the clients, the most common thing I heard from them was that their previous tax professional never went in depth as to why they were getting a refund or why they owe taxes. So mm -hmm. I realized that there is actually a gap in our community, primarily the Latinx community, where there are people out there just doing taxes and saying, here's your refund, or this yeah. is how much you owe in taxes. And that's it. No education yeah. behind it. And yeah. I, and as a professional, I, for my clients, what I did is like I sat down with them and I educated them on the tax credits and deductions that they may be eligible for. And that is in child tax credit, their earned income credit, the education and medical deductions. So, and, and it's very sad, like it's, yeah, like there's just, uh, there are people out there who just are not well-informed. And I felt like okay. as, a, as a tax professional and how much I care about my community, there was more to be done. Absolutely, that is so incredible because this is a topic that can be really dry for people and really hard to talk about and really hard to understand. You know, it's even more than the typical finances of just like the numbers being overwhelming, but it's like the tax law. So um, I don't know if I mentioned to you yet, but in my, um, in my profession, I'm an immigration lawyer, in addition to being a financial financial counselor. And in, in the immigration lawyer, well, there's this saying that the only area of law that more complicated than the tax law is the immigration law because <laughs> it's like everyone knows the tax laws are crazy complicated it's a it's a beast uh, just like how the immigration laws are so very cool that you know you have some personal experience with having immigrant family uh, and do work with immigrant clients Yes. So my, okay. most of my family are, you know, all either ITIN holders or who just recently got their social security numbers now after they okay. applied for residency. But majority of them are ITIN holders. And I understand that, you know, there is, you know, a mistrust with certain, you know, professionals out there, especially for those who are not well experienced working with ITIN holders, um, because, yeah. you know, there is a lot of misinformation out there. And, yes. you know, if one just really took on that moment to actually just really, like, do the research and educate themselves, like, listen, the IRS is well aware that, you know, most of these families are not from the States. They're from Mexico. They're from mm -hmm. Ecuador, Honduras. And they, you know, will come in 
looking for job opportunities and obviously they will come in using a fake social in order to get a job but just be aware that the IRS knows that and mm -hmm. they are aware about that hence why they are encouraging you to apply for an item so that yeah. you can go ahead and do your part you know as a patriotic dude to file a tax return so that you can start building history that you are paying yeah. your taxes as an American. Oh my gosh, you're gonna make me dork out so much because like, let's get to the immigration law aspects for a second of why this is important. Um, so we all know we've been waiting forever for immigration reform. It's been over 30 years since the last immigration reform, but the last major one was in 1986. And part of the eligibility to get status when they passed this law, giving a lot of people legal status, um, was to show you had been in the country for a certain period by a certain date. And one of the best ways to show that was to show you have been paying taxes. And that's also something that's, um, you know, considered very favorably in immigration court by immigration judges to be able to show you've been paying taxes. So there's a lot of immigration law benefits to paying taxes. Um, and I'm always telling our audience, like the government has an interest in having immigrants who don't have status pay taxes because that's how they make money, right? Like the government needs money to function. And so they don't care who it's coming from. And it's a very separate system from the immigration system. So uh, are you able to share like a little bit more why why immigrants who who may be undocumented you know should feel comfortable paying their taxes and like what kind of benefits there are so as you mentioned before you definitely want to build history that you yeah. are working and that you are as an as an american you being residing here in the united states that you are paying your taxes and you know i know for some people that hesitate to even you know file their taxes because they are afraid that the IRS will report them. But that is not the case. The IRS encourages you to they file a tax money. return. They want their money, especially <laughs> if you're an independent contractor. Like, they mm -hmm. really want their piece of the pie. And you are, as an independent contractor, especially a lot of those who are immigrants, just be mindful that you are responsible to put aside taxes. That is between 15 mm -hmm. to 30% of your taxes because you are responsible to pay basically social security, Medicare, and self-employment tax. Um, I know for some people, um, you know, as those who have an ITIN number, they don't qualify for social security or Medicare, right. but that can change. Who knows? The this, this, this system here, the law system continues to change, especially immigration, like the policy continues to change. So there is, there is a possibility that that can, help you in the future when you're paying your taxes. You can be eligible to apply for status here. As you mentioned, you know, things are changing. And I really do hope um, that that will change because I have a lot of clients, especially my parents, I, I want them to become US citizens. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, right now they're on the right track. They're filing, they're doing their taxes every year on time. And if they owe, they pay, they pay on time. Um, and, I want people to know, just continue to just build history. And, you know, you definitely want to build a credit that you want to build yourself as a credible person because, you know, at from I'm assuming from 
immigration perspective, especially for you know those who are reviewing your case, they want to know that you are doing your part and that you're willing to continue to do your part if they were to yeah. move forward with giving you the status. Because oh, obviously yeah. they want good people working in America and to reside here and to build this country to the fullest. 100%. And, you know, I, I do want to acknowledge, like, for our listeners, excuse my language, but it, it's fucked up that people have to pay taxes knowing they may not ever get those social security benefits. Like, that is not okay, right? Um, but there are all these benefits to doing it anyway. Like, for example, being able to make more income and grow a business, right? It's really hard to have a successful business where you make a lot of money if you're not paying taxes, right? Um, I don't know if you can say anything about that, but like that's something I'm always talking about with our audience. Like it's it's a trade-off, you know, like if wealthy people understand that if they have to pay more taxes, it means it's because they're making more money and that's like a good problem to have, right? And of course there's lots of loopholes they find how to pay less, but like, you don't want to like avoid it, right? And then miss out on the opportunity to increase your income. Yes, yes. So, so I know that for those who are you know interested in starting in business, um, especially those who don't have a social security, just know that there are ways you can open up a business. Like for instance, you can apply for an EIN that you know that is an employer identification number. That's your first step. Once you have that EIN and you can apply with your ITIN, mm-hmm. once you have that EIN, you can then go ahead and apply for an LLC within your state. And the LLC requirements usually ask for a social security or an EIN. I always encourage business owners to use the EIN, mm-hmm. um, you know, just mm-hmm. because it just, again, it's just to protect one to use their own social security or their own ITIN number. Um, and also for the EIN, it can help you get a business account because banks ask for that information. So once they see that you have an EIN and an LLC, then you can open up a business account. And some business, some business, I mean, some banks, they do require some, um, you know, minimum to open up a bank account. But most of them from, from what I know, open up less than like 50 bucks and you'll be okay. And that's a good start. So, you know, I know for some people, and I actually came across a client not too long ago who was interested um, in starting his own landscaping business, but he didn't know where to begin. And he was actually mm-hmm. afraid that like, well, I was looking up the LLC requirements and they were asking for a social. I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't need a social. You can get an EIN. Let's, let's, yeah. let's go apply for an EIN. It's going to instantly be there. Once we have yeah. that, you know, that letter, we can then go ahead, apply for an LLC using that EIN, give it a couple of days, they'll send, you know, they'll process it. It's going to require a fee, just so you know. Most states require fees right. when you're applying for an LLC. Um, but once you have that, that's it. Those are the two things you need in order to start a business. Obviously, you know, if you're looking to grow, you got to, you know, start saving to start investing, start putting into your business. Um, but, you know, just know everybody that, you know, despite, you know, what's been going on, you know, um, especially like with racism in this country, just know that the Latinx small business owners are the fasting growing group of entrepreneurs in the United oh, yeah. States. 
And yes. I will tell you this, that in the past 10 years, the number of Latinx business owners grew 34% compared wow. to the 1%. And that is, it was a study conducted by Stanford University. So wow. just imagine that huge jump. So for all those who are listening, if you are really ready to take the step and become an entrepreneur, just follow the step that I mentioned before and you be on your way. And obviously, you know, if you are, you know, need more guidance, feel free to reach out to your local tax professional or to a local legal business attorney, or feel free to reach out to me. You know, there are resources out there and take advantage of it. Because we don't, I personally would love to see the, the next community grow. You know, we are thriving now, especially at these times. So, you know, go for it, you guys. I love it. And I love this like back and forth in the tax and the immigration law perspective we're learning out about because the other piece of it too is having a business is the best way to increase your income in general, but especially for immigrants who don't have status or who may lose their status, right? Or in between status, because you don't need a work permit to have a business, right? So all of those issues with immigration status and not having a work permit, they're about being an employee for someone else. There's nothing saying you can't have your own business. There's nothing illegal about that, right? Um, so that's another reason, like from an immigration law perspective to really think about your business. And then just with wealth building, you're gonna make so much more in your own business than working for someone else, or at least have the potential, the opportunity to, right? Yes, yes. I mean, like, I know that some people think like, well, I don't know where to begin or, or they feel like they don't have a lot of resources out there available for them. That's not the case. There are resources out there. You just, you know, find the right professional who is willing to work for you and provide you those resources. Because I know for my clients, if they're really eager to start something, for example, like the landscaper who really wants to start his own business, I, I in the heartbeat said, let's get you set up right now. Yeah. Here are the steps. And let's get you on the right path so that you can start basically start building a profile as a business owner. And hopefully you can grow and start creating more job opportunities for others. Yes. Because as your yeah. business grow, there's obviously you're going to be you're going to need other you know helpers to help you with your business. So go for it. I yeah, I hope that, you know. If my business, because I'm a business owner, you know, myself, you know, why I still have my corporate job. If my business scales, I, in a heartbeat, will hire someone else to help me. So because I want to give that, you know, that individual an opportunity to start a career and, you know, mm -hmm. or start a new role or start something new. They have a job. And hopefully, you know, I can continue to hire more people because especially in the Latinx community, I know that. You know, some people are just, you know, they're tired of working um, for, you know, no offense for white Americans. Um, so I am making it one of my mission to, you know, be one of the Latinx business owners who hire other Latinx because our community needs to grow. I mean, right now we're thriving. So we have to thrive even more. Yeah. I love it. Um, thank you so much for, for sharing all this. Uh, I want to pick your brain next about some tax benefits that you could you could maybe share with folks. So people 
who are totally new to taxes and maybe they've never paid taxes or, you know, they go to the person in their community and like you said, never get that explanation of why they're getting that return or whatever. What are like a couple things you want people to think about how they may be able to save on their taxes or, or have a bit of a strategy? So I would say for those who don't have dependents or not claiming any dependents, if you're a single individual, um, just make sure that you're continuing to have um, the appropriate withholding on your on your paychecks. Because the thing is that, you know, for those who basically are, you know, earning more year over year, continue to adjust your withholding by filling out a W-4 form. Because honestly, you don't want to overpay the government at a 0% interest when that money can literally go towards something else. For example, if you need that additional money in your pocket to pay that, pay off that, use that. Um, if you want to use, you know, use the money to invest in a business, by all means, use that. Or use it towards an emergency fund. That's why I always encourage people, like, you are, or if you are overpaying the government, let's go ahead and make those adjustments based on your um, income that you made. Um, so hopefully that we can get you close to zero because I'm a big believer in like, don't give the government any money, like, you know, because, well, and don't overpay the government. Let me reiterate, overpay the government because they're not going to give you anything out of that. They're not giving you interest. No, it's, it's, it's like ridiculous. So, oh, but they have no problem <laughs> holding your money for a year or so. As it's a free loan for them. It's a free loan. So I say one of the things you have to do is make sure that you are making your adjustments on your tax return. Um, for those who have family, um, you know, I understand that, you know, sometimes, you know, obviously there are credits that do kick in that do result in a refund. You know, be mindful when you are getting those refunds based on the child tax credit or the earned income credit or if you are contributing to your retirement account um, and you did get a credit, um, I believe that that is a non-refundable one. The savers, um, the savers credit is a non-refundable one. But for like the child tax credit and the earned income credit, that is a refundable credit. Um, you know, use those, um, use that refund to start something like start building a business if you're interested in starting a business. Build your emergency fund. Or heck, contribute to your retirement or to your kid's retirement account. Those are some of the best ways that I would suggest to you guys when you guys have a refund because you want to build wealth, right? So why not just you know take on these suggest these these um these steps so that you're not you know letting it go to waste? Because I know for some people when they get a refund, they spend it on liabilities and what is that going to help with nothing really invest in assets because those assets are going to take you places. Absolutely. And there are a couple of terms you use. I just want to define a little bit for people new to these terms. So the credits, can you want to, do you want to explain a little bit of what a credit is with taxes? Yes. So a credit is basically a dollar for dollar. Um, so for example, if you, um, have a tax liability and those credits kick in. Uh, for example, let's say you had a tax liability of $200, but you got a child tax credit of $250. What's going to happen is that 
the $200 is going to be wiped away because you had $250, meaning that the $50, which is remaining, is going to be your refund. So it's a dollar by dollar. Um, and deductions are basically just a percentage uh, that's being taken out, out of your um, out of your um, return. So I am a big, um, I, I love credits because again, those are useful, especially those who end up with, you know, with a tax liability. Once those credits kick in, it knocks the literally the dollars out um, and it ultimately leads to a refund. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thanks for explaining. And then you also mentioned assets and liabilities. So I like to think of it as like assets are things that put more money in your pocket. So like investing is a great example, right? Or creating a business that's going to generate income or your intellectual property from your ideas. And liabilities are things that take money out of your pocket. So just going to cause you to lose money. So like a credit card bill, um, you know, a brand new car that's going to lose value as soon as you drive out of the parking lot of the dealership. Right. Um, yeah. Is anything you want to add to that explanation? Um, well, I think you pretty much nailed that, that one. I, you know, I usually tell people like, so what do you prefer when I, ask them the question like do you prefer to lose money or do you prefer to gain money i like, like that. I, kinda, I, 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 I give that you know that imagery because yeah i from what i experienced i don't like losing money that's like the worst <laughs> feeling ever so when i think of liabilities i'm like i'm losing money i just lost <laughs> i just lost out of something yeah and so when i you know look at assets i'm like oh it's 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 helping me it's growing it's giving me something right like yeah and this is such an important way to start thinking and like doing an inventory you know what is an asset and what is a liability and focus on growing those assets and i actually hadn't thought about until now like how taxes are part of that but that makes sense i, I guess would you think of a credit or a refund as an asset um I, I guess if you like think of it that way, um, huh. I, hmm. probably like I, it's something different kind of, but. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I won't get into I, it. I, I was going on a tangent, but <laughs> the point is we, we want to keep most of the money we can with taxes. Like that's the whole point of tax strategies is my understanding is like, how do we keep the most of our taxes and there's nothing wrong or greedy or like shady or illegal about that. Like the tax code is written in a way to allow people to do that. And there's plenty of wealthy people who hire people a whole lot of money to help them do that. And so why not have the immigrant community also be doing that? Like the, the laws are available for everyone, right? Yes. Yes. And that's actually what I wanted to actually get into is like, Go so I learned, I launched my page, right? in like, I believe it was like in late 2020. And I didn't put much effort into it until last year when I decided like I wanted to show my face on the page. And I already knew from experience too that like taxes is a complex system. So I knew that it was very important that people knew the, know the basic of what's happening, uh, you know, with their taxes when they're being prepared. And I you know, decided like, well, it's, you know, well, it's fascinating to know that 
I was able to actually, from experience, take on a complex subject such as taxes and simplify uh, my social media. And to use that to educate that to people that's on the platform uh, actually became my mission. And I know that it can be very daunting <laughs> for people, but I... I made sure that, you know, I tried to simplify things without the whole tax jargon because I know that people's attention span um, can be very, very small. So I tried to just get them right to the point um, by, you know, giving illustrations or breaking things down in like three, four steps or whatever. Um, and, you know, I know that obviously I'm not going to reach every single person and, you know, um, but. I feel like my contribution in this community, in the Latinx community, is that what I know in my industry, I'm going to make sure that I simplify it, educate, and empower them to make better decisions. That's beautiful. And you have a really awesome page. Like you're, You've got great content and information, so everybody's got to make sure... To follow, tell us what is your your handle before we forget to get there, so that oh. everybody can go look you up right now. <laughs> yes, it's a long one, you guys. So my apologies, <laughs> but it's Castellan Tax Services. That is my IG. Um, I do also have a website as well, so feel free to check it out um, at CastellanTaxServices.com. Um, I do have some resources on there too, as well, such as, you know, a free tax prep checklist um, for those who are looking to get started to get their paperwork and their documents and what they need in order to prepare their taxes. And that is available for all individuals as well as joint filers and as well as entrepreneurs. Wonderful. I'm so excited for folks to be able to check out all the great stuff you have. Um, and just curious, what is kind of, you know, the number one lesson, I guess, about taxes that you wished you learned earlier, maybe that you wished your, your immigrant parents knew about from the beginning? Oh, that is a good question. I guess the, my number one lesson here is know where your money is going. <laughs> um, because if you don't know where it's going or where it should be going, then that's when you should know that you should probably get with somebody to help you with that. <laughs> I wish I had somebody help me with that. Um, you know, but I encourage everyone, if you're feeling that way right now, if you don't know where your money is going, reach out to somebody. There are so yeah. much out there right now. Take advantage of it while it's still available. Yeah. Like getting that self-awareness of knowing where money's going. I totally agree that that is so important and it's a game changer. I meant to mention when you were talking about your story of getting started with the budgeting, our experience was really, really similar actually. Um, I, If I could just quickly share. So my husband immigrated to the US in 2013 from Ecuador and we had no idea what we were doing money and we struggled a lot with money and finances for several years. We were living paycheck to paycheck, going into debt, you know, both getting really underpaid, um, trying to keep his visa, you know, being afraid of losing it all the time. And it all changed when we started looking up personal finance stuff on the internet and learned about budgeting, right? Like that was the game changer just to get that, bring it back to what you just said at the end here, like the number one thing, 
just starting to get that self-awareness of where our money was going and like starting to track it and and being more intentional about our goals and like you know where, where it was going was like what tipped everything over um so i very much support your advice because that was our experience and it's only up from there then you can learn about you know these tax saving strategies and investing and starting a business and just build upon that yes yes no i, I definitely agree i mean we you know we learned a lot from you know our experience for sure um and i feel yes. like from that it actually made us much stronger if anything i mean look where we are now we're educated now the BIPOC community, you know, the Latinx community, and, you know, and there's going to be so much more for us Absolutely. out there and for our community as well. Well, that's a great note to end on. And thank you for all the work you're doing, helping to share this information with people. And I know you're going to be speaking um, to some of our students in our immigrant finance school program about taxes too. So thank you so much for doing that. They are so excited. I just told them about it last night and they were like, Yes, like right before tax season, we can ask questions so I understand taxes. So thank you. Thank you for your generosity. Um, and, you know, let us know however we can support the great work you're doing. Yes, no, thank you. I really do appreciate it. And I look forward to meeting your students. I'm pretty excited. They got me all pumped up now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you. You're going to love it. Everybody's an immigrant or family member of an immigrant who wants to build wealth. So it's awesome. It's an awesome group of people. Yeah. Awesome. I look yeah. forward to it for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Sonia. Take care. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Immigrant Finance Show. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already and leave us a review so we can reach more people to help. Also, did you know we started a free Facebook group for immigrant families who want to build generational wealth? We're doing free monthly trainings covering everything from investing to online business. Plus, you will be in there with a network of other inspiring members of our community. Make sure to join us at facebook.com slash groups slash immigrant finance. And we'll see you there.